Hi, this is Vinny DeRosa, and you're listening to me, Cousin Vinny, on the CousinVinnyNetwork.com. I'm going to be sharing with you a few topics that I know a lot about, and some, eh, not so much. Sometimes we will have guests that will make you say and think, I didn't know that. I have traveled to all 67 counties of Florida since 1968 and have lived up and down the West Coast, seen and done a lot the last 50 years. You would not even possibly believe. I won't sugarcoat my comments. I've been told that I'm not very politically correct, so get over it. Drop me a line on our Facebook page at CousinVinnyNetwork.com, or if you'd like to be a guest, give me a call at 888-738-7381. That's 888-738-7381. And please share our podcast for anybody else that you know out there that loves podcasts. Please take some time to visit our sponsors at CousinVinnyNetwork.com. Without them, this network would not be possible on the Cousin Vinny Network. Hey, it's Cousin Vinny here on the Cousin Vinny Network. And boy, I have another treat for you. A surprise guest, re-guest visit from Ed. Um, God, Ed, it's been since what, October when you hit last time? Almost one year, Vinny, since I've been on. Wow. Okay, we were just getting things started here at the mall. and Yeah, so tell everyone where where you're from, where you were. Well, I'm... Based out of Philadelphia. Out of Philly. You know, in a little town called Kennett Square. But um, we have a a career coaching practice. The name of my company is Sam Nova. Uh, We help people who are either in job transition or working, and they just want to optimize and improve their career. So those are two pieces of work that we do. About a third of our clients are around the entire U.S., uh, several uh, in Florida um, and uh, South Carolina of late. So I'm down here probably more than you might think right? Uh, with clients. Uh, in fact, um, I had someone reach out to me no more than an hour away uh, where we're staying here in Florida and come to find out his schedule and mine won't, won't, mm. won't, won't match. But we're going to be on a Zoom call next uh, oh, geez. Uh, next Tuesday when I'm back. So, uh, but, but that's the way it works. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you were, um, you were kind of telling me back uh, – uh, because last year, about this time, I published my first book, Correct. Optimize Your Resume. Yeah, I got a copy of it. Excellent. The yeah. do's and don'ts. Yeah, well, there's an awful lot of uh, uh, do's and don'ts out there. Um, but uh, we've been really blessed um, uh, to date. Uh, well over 400 plus comments um, have come in about the book. Mm-hmm. I've probably been asked uh, a couple dozen times to speak at events or networking forums about mm-hmm you know, the do's and don'ts of resumes based on the book. Uh, it's helped um, quite a few people because a, l- a lot of people, they can't afford necessarily to hire a career coach right. or even spend, you know, a significant amount of money on a resume. And it's all relative in terms of what people uh, can spend, but they can spend $20 for uh, our book and it's helped a lot of people. So it's been a real blessing in that regard. And uh, and now our, uh, I have up to um, four people um, uh working with me now, uh, who, you know, who do resumes for us based on the book. And, uh, and what's really exciting is that, um, we have an organization, uh, here in the South has, uh, they've decided to uh, turn the book into a, a certification, uh, series wow. uh, training. So, um, we hope this year we're going to be able to come out with, um, uh, a training program that's going to be international coaching federation accredited that's going to allow people who, who are thinking about becoming resume writers uh, to give them the training uh, that they need to become certified in writing resumes based on this book. So the book has uh, kind of a life of its own and, and um, I'm pretty busy uh, uh, with that p- specific project right at the moment. Yeah. I mean, when, when I, when, when you were here the last time you had just published it and I went through it and it, and it, it takes you from step by step by step of the entire process because what happens a lot of times when you try to, you know, I, I felt this myself trying to put something together, having this, this roadmap to take you through these different phases. So you can say, Oh, okay, this makes sense. Now you're built, you're building up, you're building a, a cake and you're starting with all the ingredients, putting it all together. And in the end, you're going to have a, a finished product. And that's the, what I saw here was by taking through these different you know steps that you take people through and the importance that you be accurate as you can. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the number one comment we get back is, Ed, uh, practical book. It's not a hard read. It's step-by-step. Step. It's so clear 
uh, it makes um, you know makes it makes it easy to understand, and uh, so we like that. But you know, it it, it is interesting. Uh, in the last year, there's a couple of uh, trends that have continued to occur. Mm-hmm. It started maybe a couple of years ago, but now they they. And they drive me crazy because there are things that I don't agree with at all. Right, right. Uh, one one big trend is, uh, well, only show 15 years on your resume. The last 15 years, because all the prior experience doesn't really matter, right? Well, wait a uh, minute. Wait, wait. No, wait. I, to get to that 15 years, you had to do stuff before that to get to that point. Why do you have? Why would somebody want you to leave a gap? Yeah, what happens is that there's a school of thought. Oh, okay. And I think that school, this school of thought is flawed. I understand it. So it's not like I don't not, I don't understand where it's coming from. But the school of thought is that, well, when somebody goes to hire you today, what's really relevant is only what you've done in the last 15 years. Anything prior to that, nah, people really don't care about. And I'm kind of on the other extreme of that. I'm saying, no, I think... Uh, you better go back at least 20 years because people will care about it. And in some cases, um, uh, might, you might even want to explain more. Many times what happens is that if a person, many times I work with people who are uh, 25, 30 years into their career, 55, 60, 65. And some of the very best work that they've done in their life was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the last 15 years, right. 20 years right. ago. Right. So I've seen mistakes be made t- uh, over and over again. And it, it, and it, it uh, because what's, what, what they're doing is they're promoting not the strongest part of a person's work life, but maybe, maybe not necessarily the weakest, but, but, it, but, but not, but not the, um, uh, the things that matter most. Uh, so there's ways that you can put this in a resume uh, be forthcoming, explain the work that you've done prior to those 15 years, but not just do it for the sake of doing it. The other thing that looks very, very strange on a resume is when someone grabs a resume and they say, okay, you went to college, and then you immediately became the vice president of this chemical company. <laughs> yeah, How yeah. did you do that? Right? Yeah. And, and, and my argument is as soon as somebody asks the question in the interview, well, what did you do before then? Whatever you say at that point, it's not a positive discussion. We think it might be, but it's not. Because right. the question is, why are you hiding that on your resume? And that becomes more a negative than a positive. But in any event, that's one thing that, that drives me crazy. And there's some large U.S. organizations that are you know, pushing that, that thought. The other one is, um, and, and I think it's tied to it a bit, Resumes can only be two pages long, and that's another thing that just drives me crazy because I've seen so many mistakes made. Well, I can't read your resume. Yeah, but Ed, I had to bring the font size down because somebody told me at a workshop the resume can only be two pages. I said, okay, where's your volunteer work? Where's your professional training? Where's your certifications? What happened the 25 years you were with Pepsi? Where's all that work? It's, well, we didn't have room, so we had to collapse it into one sentence. Okay, but you implemented, you know, their ERP system, their enterprise resource planning system, and you're leaving all that out. Right. Well, somebody told me I had to keep it to two pages. So if there's a good reason, and you know, for a resume to be two pages, I'm all in. But if it's, there's a bad, you know, most of the time it's not being thought, thought out well. Look, you know, I was a uh, recruiting leader for uh, a multi-billion dollar firm, led a recruiting team. I promise you, no one would look at a resume. And if that first page of that resume was a home run and really aligned well, those people were brought in for an interview. Right. Not one recruiter that worked for me would ever say, and everything looks good. Vin, we're ready to go with Vinny, but we can't bring him up for an interview because his resume is three pages long. See, see, there's no, there's no yeah. logic behind yeah. it. And but the other thing, and here's, and here's, here's part of the part of the truth behind it, though. The other thing is, if I asked my recruiting team, are resumes too long? They would also tell me, "Yep, resumes tend to be too long." And then I would say, "Why?" Well, the first page of the resume is like, "Huh." You got to be kidding me. And then the second page is more, oh my gosh. And then the third page, way too long. So what happens is that when you miss the quality of how you show your, the best of who you are on that mm-hmm. first page, right? all kinds of bad things happen. 
especially in this COVID nineteen market, right? In, right for, for you know this 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 uh, this crazy time that we're in with thirty million uh, Americans out of work. Right. First page of the resume is everything. But just to bring a resume to two pages, just for the sake of it, most of the people that say they want to do that really haven't led a corporate recruiting team. And they haven't been a recruiter like I have for six years prior to starting my career coaching business. And then um, one of the things that continues to drive me crazy on resumes too, and some of it I think is – I understand what, why people do it, but on the top of a resume, you always need to let people know what kind of title, who you are, what you're trying to tell the market you want to be. And a lot of times that title's missing. And we just go into you know, sentence after sentence in terms of all the things that we've done. Right. But what happens is that you're asking the hiring manager, you're asking the recruiter, you're asking someone else to try to figure out who you are. Mm. And- Look, if you're a controller, you're a controller. If you're right. a, a director, you know, of marketing, you're a director of marketing. If you're a senior manager, you're a senior manager. But to leave it blank and have people try to figure out who you are, I think it's it's bad business. I talk about all three of these things in my book, but it's it's a continued um, challenge when I see that happening. And I understand why people leave it blank. People leave it blank because they think, well, I have all this flexibility, I could do all these things. And I think what happens is. Um, it backfires more than it helps. Right. You mentioned the book. How did they get your book? Well, uh, two ways. Uh, uh, you can get it via Amazon. Just, okay. t- just go to Amazon Books and type in Optimize Your Resume. Okay. It'll come up, and you'll see a lot of positive reviews on Amazon uh, on the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of COVID-19, Am- Am- Amazon uh, with Prime, they used to have it to somebody within two, three days. Uh, it went to three and a half weeks uh, to get the book. So we all, you can also order the book now via our website. Okay. So uh, if you go to uh, www.samsamnova, like the star, N-O-V-A-I-N-C.com, samnovainc.com, uh, you can order right from our website. And for $20, we'll cover the shipping as well. What I'll do is in the show notes, I'll put a direct link to your website so they can... Oh, that would be beautiful. They'll, you know, if they go to the show notes, it'll be right there and they can go right to it and click it and order directly from you. And no, would you even autograph it for them? Oh, absolutely. See, we added a little extra bonus in there. <laughs> free autograph, free autograph. Well, you know, great. what you said, if I looked at the last 15 years of my career, it, it would be kind of a hodgepodge blank time. Now, if I go back the last 35, 40 years, there's a lot of history there. That got me to where I am today. It didn't happen in the last 15 years. I mean, what we're doing now, this podcasting, started in the 1970s with me doing radio. Wow. You know, I had a bug for it, pursued it for a couple of years, but it was, you know, not my thing to do, and dropped it and picked it up two years ago. And so now we're incorporating it into my business, just like you do. You do a, a weekly show, a radio show. Yeah, on Saturday morning. On Saturday morning. Philadelphia. Yeah, we're up to... Um I think we're approaching, or we may just have surpassed the 40th program uh, oh, wow. in Philly. So, yeah, we cover a lot of ground there. <clears throat> and that's my way of uh, also as a career coach saying, you know, uh, I, I'm more than happy to give tips out. Uh, and, and I've gotten a lot of positive reviews uh, over the years now uh, because of that program. Um, so, again, it's, it's, it's my way of giving an outreach and giving people some advice. And they don't have to hire anybody. They could just kind of listen to the podcast and – because every radio program that's taped, I should say, is recorded on Saturday morning and mm-hmm. turned into a uh, a podcast. So how can they get the podcast? From the radio station or from you directly? Uh, actually, you can go to my website. Okay, it'll be on your it. website. All right, so website. I'll make sure there's a link for it there in, oh, in the yeah. show notes. Yeah, you just put 1180 yeah. AM and you'll see the podcast. Cool. Yeah, because there may have been a topic that you talked about a couple of months ago that they go, wow, I need to maybe listen to that. Well, I did a few most recently, which I which I had a um, a, a lot got a lot of, of favorable feedback on. One of them had to do with uh, uh, the toughest questions during an interview mm. that people have faced, and then how do you respond to them? Right. So that thirty minutes went by like lightning uh, on on that particular program. Uh, I also have uh, this year, uh, even before COVID, I, I started a career spotlight series. And in that series, I'm bringing on amazing people from around the United States who have these careers where they've made pivots or they've mm-hmm. their careers kind of uh, transformed who they are to where they're at today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I have a person coming up uh, this coming Saturday. 
at 8 a.m. She's a person who's been a professional juggler her entire life. Wow. Her profession. And she decided to make a career pivot to become a book coach and an author. So she went from juggling to being an author. And I'm going to talk to her about uh, how she uh, transitioned, how she transitioned from juggler to book coach. Uh, so those are the, and I had one where uh, school teacher to engineer, mm. I uh, had another one who has been in the entertainment business very recently, uh, went for entertainment business for four or five years, and now he just became a recruiter. Someone else in, in New York City, one of my clients, in financial services for 25 years, uh, superstar at what he does uh, in terms of uh, certain market transactions, and now he's at, at a nonprofit. Wow. Uh, doing some amazing work. Um, so, you know, with COVID-19, one of the yeah. things that happened uh, – in the 2008 recovery that's also happening now in 2020 is that some people are using this, this time where they're being furloughed, whether they've been let go right. to reevaluate their life, reevaluate uh, what should I do next? And uh, we've been hit our, our company, Sam Nova, we've been hit with um, amazing amount of people saying, Ed, I'm not sure what we want, what I'm going to do going forward. Can you help? And a, Big part of our practice is helping people reassess their careers. We look at their personalities, we look at their skills, we look at their interests, and we look at their uh, values. Mm -hmm. And we try to integrate it all. 550 questions, very intense uh, assessment. And then we'll spend a couple of hours with people going going through that uh, that tool. And what comes out the other side is how aligned can people get to bring out the very best of who they mm -hmm. are if they're, if they're going to make that career pivot. Right. So, um, and I've had, uh, I lead a team virtually across the U S now. And that team is, uh, I think we've had 25 people go through training. Three people came on board most recently two bilingual. Um, and we're again, touching lives and bringing people, uh, to a better place. What I love about that part of our practice is that we have two paths. One's an education track and the other is a professional track. Mm -hmm. So people that are in school, Right. full-time, high school, even college, can work with us to figure out what makes the most sense for their career going forward. What people don't realize is that on average in the U.S., 28% of the time after someone goes to a college or a university, they change their major because they're mm -hmm. not sure. Right. And that's a big price tag to pay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I had... Um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a person reached out to me and said, hey, Ed, you know, I went to school to be a clinical person, and I went to uh, graduate school, but I'm in a situation in my life where it's not going to work out. What else can I do? And the short of it, after going through the assessment and talking it through, thinking about it, praying about it, looking at all the data, my 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 opinion sorts it all out, comes back. Now he's going to become a police officer with the with his mission being part of the canine unit. And that's so 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 uh and I really believe when he makes this shift that he's making, mm -hmm. it's gonna bring out the very, very best of him. Will he be a clinical therapist that he wanted to be originally? Yeah. No. But um so, so, so people make career pivots that are still in school even, right. and there are people who make career pivots halfway through their career, and there are people that make career pivots even at the age of uh, 70, 73. One of our, one of our, um, um, one of our uh, oldest clients, and he's an amazing person, uh, this, this happened four, four or five years ago, uh, he was at a networking event. And he was sitting there, and, 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 and I've been doing this long enough when I can meet people after maybe one meeting, maybe two, but usually one, and they've been unemployed for six months, a year, whatever it is. I, I just, it says, my gut says, this person should be working. There is absolutely no excuse why not, right? So, uh, but I didn't say anything. I just thought, well, and um, he called me up and he said, hey, Ed, um, can, I, um, can I hire you? And I said, um, yeah, I, 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 I considered it a challenge. And uh, I said, the only thing that I ask is that you have to do everything that I ask you to do. And, and people tend to do well who do everything I ask them sure. to do. When they don't do everything I ask them to do, it doesn't go as well 
and, and that will happen on occasion. But he did everything I asked him to do. He landed a job, a permanent position in Washington, D.C., at the age of 77. Wow. At the age of 77. He and his wife had no intention of retiring. Now, when you looked at the man, quite honestly, he, he looked maybe 60. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe 63. Yeah. 70, no way. But he went back to work uh, on a permanent basis. Uh, and um, the irony was that uh, he had interviewed for a very senior role. And at the final, final interview, he did really well. And I know I'll always remember this. He got a call on a Friday. And on Friday, they said, I'm sorry, you didn't get the job. They hired someone else. <clears throat> and of course, he, sure. he called me up. I said, we were really, you know, upset. Um, he said, well, you know, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. On Monday, he got a phone call from the very company, the president of the company. And she said to him, you impressed us so badly. How would you like to come on board as a senior manager instead of the executive director? And they created a position just for him. And he started work, you know, within a week. Wow. 77 years old. So, but that's when you do everything that we ask people to do. Right. And, and, and look, the, the, the issue of ageism in the U S it's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and, and I, and, you know, and before COVID, I was planning an all day workshop, literally to bring people in to help teach them how to work through right. that. Right. Um, but when it comes to things like your resume, your social media, your LinkedIn page, how you talk, your mannerisms, how you interview, whether you're current on technology, whether, right. whether you're still sharp in the field that you <clears> profess you're sharp, all these things have to be done incredibly well. And you have to talk to twice as many people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't do those things well, and you don't have the energy to talk as you know the same amount of people, and you go in and you try to compete with a 40-year-old who has a, a resume that looks just like yours, uh, and, and you're lagging in the other things, right. what happens is that, yeah, well, you don't get hired. The goal is, right, uh, as you get older, I want to see you get better, not weaker. I want to see you get faster, not slower. Right. I want to see a spark in your eye uh, versus no spark. Uh, and no, nothing's going to get handed to you. Uh, it doesn't work that way. And I wish it would, but it doesn't. And you better not come to, to an interview that I'm coaching you on with a swagger because swaggers get you nothing yeah. in, today's, in today's job market. Uh, it probably gets you a boot out the door faster than anything. So when it comes to age, this 77-year-old that we worked with, yeah. he did everything that we asked him to do, and he went to, he went to that dance ready to go. Uh, and it's a, it was a beautiful thing. It's a little bit like uh, I wish I, uh, you know, everybody could uh, uh, do what he did. But that's a true story. So when people call me up and say, Ed, you know, I'm 55. I just lost my job. Oh, my gosh, I'll never get back to work. Uh, they're talking to the wrong person uh, because we can help you do that. Yeah, I, like I said, I just turned 70 and I don't see me turning this off. You know, if you've been active, you've been engaged, you've kept up with technology and what's around you, there's absolutely no reason why someone would, would overlook you. And, and I had a couple of my friends say to me, you know, why are you doing this? I said, because of this. I want to keep this thing running. I want, if, if my mind shuts down, I, I don't want to be a vegetable and sit around and do nothing. I want, to, I want to make use of the things that I've learned over the years. And this is one of the things I'm doing now. It's amazing, uh, Vinny, because what's happening, the work that you do is you're touching the lives of younger people and affecting their lives and bringing out the very best of who they're going to be. Yes. You're teaching other people how to then, you know, manage and grow those people. Uh, you're impacting lives in multiple ways mm-hmm. that you can't even put your hands around. But you're also a motivator to those who are 60 saying, well, you know, hey, I, you know, I guess, I, you know, uh, there's no more juice in my tank, right? And it's like, well, it's up to you. That's how you want to approach it, right? Um, but look, uh, but I'm also not making a value judgment because there, right. pe- there are some people who, hey, I've, I've worked my butt off. Sure. Now I'm 63. And you know what? I'm going to go play golf at the villages in Florida uh, four days a week. Leave me alone, and and that's cool. If people that's yeah. what people want to do, that's but, cool yeah, too. So, yeah. so I'm so I'm not I'm not saying no, that. No. But but what I am saying though, there are some people who are 65. They've had a lot of hard knocks. Their life was not easy, not not even for fault of their own. Right. And they have to continue to work 
because Social Security just is not where it needs to be. Maybe they have sick children. Maybe they have sick grandchildren. Maybe they put a lot of their money to the things that you couldn't even understand. Right. But they want to continue to work because maybe they have to work. Right. Um, So it is at a different place. But for those people who want to work, I'd love to coach them. Yeah, um, I, I think what we've seen a shift in the last few years, and I think since this corona thing started, I think a lot of people are reevaluating their lives, their careers, their families. I don't know how it's all going to come out in the wash in the end. I, I, I personally feel that if you get up in the morning and you have a real good outlook on that day, things are going to happen. If you, if you, you know, the Eeyore attitude, that's what you're going to get. You know, it's just, oh, it's poor me again. No, you know. I've had some friends of mine say to me, why are you doing what you're doing? Why aren't you retired? I said, if I retired, I'd be like you. You're boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just, you, you, there's no zest in your life. But to hear that gentleman at 77, you know, and, 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 and that should give inspiration to the younger folks to think, you know what? You know, don't dangle that career number in your, in your head. Don't say that, you know, here's the magic number, 63 or 65, you got to retire. There's no magic number that says you have to. If, God willing, you're able-bodied and you still have your faculties and you can go out there and be productive, why wouldn't you want to be? And what I see, what I'm doing, is like you said, I'm helping people who are just getting started in this industry to help them bypass some of the things that I didn't find out for years. Because when I was coming into the industry in the 70s, there was no training. There was no assistance. There was no guidance. There was no building blocks. There were no systems in place. It was basically... You got a real estate license, there's your desk, go, go sell some property. You know, and now with what we have with technology, there's no reason why nobody at any age can not become successful at it. If it's your passion. If you're not passionate about it, it's, it's not going to fly. And I see that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, um, you know, with this, again, <clears throat> this COVID-19 yeah. uh, challenge at hand, you know, one of the things I talk about at length, and I'm asked to talk about this. In fact, I just I just spoke to uh, Wharton University alumni across the U.S. a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. It was a um, Wednesday night, I think, uh, and I talked for an hour and twenty three minutes uh, to uh, on this subject of uh, hey, what do you have to do differently? They also asked me to talk a lot about networking because you're mm-hmm. here, oh yes because you're here you know hey to get a job you have to network 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 so I so I kind of broke networking down kind of four different buckets okay you know, uh, good good you know, you know one bucket is you know you have really no network and there's a lot of people who still don't have any network believe it or not who work for one company their entire career and then when they get let go right for whatever reason yeah they don't know what a LinkedIn is if it if a dump truck of LinkedIn you know fell on that they wouldn't know right. what that is right but they have no network except for a few of their buds at work right uh, and then and then and then they're getting thrown into the job market and then you have people who you know they start to be you know they do basic networking which is really good very important and then you have yes. people who are doing advanced networking very good very important and then you have somebody that becomes a rainmaker and a rainmaker says you know hey you're going to touch the lives of a lot of people and they do things that you know that, that that a lot of people you know would love to be able to do but they, but but they can't and and I talked about that whole migration up, you know, kind of up that chain. And then even when you get to a certain point, oh, I, want, I go back to, you know, I just landed the job again. I'll stop networking and go back to yeah. no networking. Yeah, again, yeah. And which, which, which I discourage uh, greatly. Now, my second book that I'm writing actually is on networking. Oh, good. So it's going to be a, a bit more intense, thicker than, than the first book uh, because there's so much involved. But with networking, it's, it's a thousand percent true that the, the best way to get to land the job, whether COVID-19 or not, is, is leveraging your network to try to get you in the door. And then you have to compete once you get in the door. Right. But leveraging your network uh, is it's just so important. But what you can't do with the network is just say, hey, I'm going to network. And, and, and we think we could pour it into a, a big pot, stir it around. I think, well, networking is, uh, you know, it's, you know, hey, you'll help me, right? And and, and, and I've actually spoken at length on the topic of, you know, that some do's and don'ts of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Because I, I see people do things in networking, looking for a job that are astronomically wrong at every level, but they call it networking, right? So something as simple as, you know, you're not qualified. You know, let's say this company has a job opening. You're absolutely not qualified for that job. They have a list of requirements. Yes. You don't have any of them. 
Yeah. But yet you want me to take your resume and send it to the hiring manager who I know well. For a position for that you... For a position that you don't meet the minimums for. And you give me no arguments to say why that why that shouldn't be a concern to that person. Right, right. So what happens is... In, in, when you're not careful, yeah, I, you know, you know this person. They want me to take their resume, flip it to that person, right? And then with no argument. But then what happens is when I do that, mm. my friend looks at me, your credibility and, and, is, and says, "Ed, what are you doing? You're right. going to be somebody that uh, it doesn't fit anything that I need." Yeah. Uh, and then what happens is that it kind of blows up a bit. Because then when that same person has another job opening six months from now, that's a perfect match. Won't give it to you. What happens is that I won't even take the resume to send it over because even if I did, you know, my contact, you know, I've kind of, I lost that ace with my contacts. Right. So that's just one of hundred examples I'm going to have in my book where you got to be careful when it comes to networking, think it through. I'll share one more because it just, it just drove, it drove me crazy. Someone sends me um, a note to send to somebody that I know. And it was a CFO, a pretty senior person. And I was more than happy to wrote a little note, sent it to me, sent it to the CFO. Well, then what happened was the CFO got it and said, none of, the, none of the links that you sent in your email, Ed, work. They were all disconnected links. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so now I sent a note to the CFO with links that don't work from someone who wanted me to help them network to that CFO. I lost credibility with yeah. the CFO. Yes. And the next time I, another person comes to me and says, hey, can you help me? With this person, what do you think is going to happen? Right. So, so, so something as simple as make sure the quality of what you send someone that they're going to turn around and represent you to sending to that person in your network. Just make sure that it, uh, yeah. it works. Now, and I again, I, I could come up with a lot of examples, but networking, be strategic, be thoughtful. Network's not something you throw in a pot and stir it around. Everything's different. Everybody in your network. Can, you can leverage, but leverage them based on what makes sense. Yeah, I, I've seen this in my industry, especially in real estate. You go to these networking events and you start developing a relationship. We get to know each other. And then someone new comes in and says, like, you know, well, how do I get to where you are? I said, well, you're going to have to develop that relationship. You're not just going to walk in the door and, and get business from them. I'll give you a short example. Back in the 90s, when I was in Pinellas County, I wanted to do corporate relocation for my real estate company. That was unheard of. You didn't specialize. You did traditional real estate. And so I explored out and found certain organizations that would fit my criteria. I wanted to have corporate relocations of people who were moving into the area who needed to buy a house or rent a house. I found a group and I started going to their networking events. I would just say, hey, how you doing, Ed? My name is Vinny DeRosa. And I'm a real estate broker, not here to sell you. Just tell me what you do, Ed. And I'd let you tell me everything about you. And I say, you know, that was great. I'll keep that in the back of my mind if I come across something. Nothing about me. It was all about you. And fast forward eight months ago, the same organization, I'm now chumming the water again because I've been out of it for 15 years. Same thing. Came in, said, hi, how are you doing? And they had an expo at Nielsen Media. And it was all these little vendors, small mom and pop manufacturers, small companies that probably would love to have somebody like you help recruit, bring people in because they're looking for certain niche type people. And I did the same thing. I went up and said, you know, Ed, tell me, what do you do? And he would tell me about his widgets and how we manufacture them. He was just happy about it. And he showed me his website and he said, you know, that's a great looking website, but how would you like to put a voice to that? And that's where my podcasting started, started, wow. started doing an audio conversation. And now they have it on their websites and, and nothing had to do with real estate. But guess what? I've gotten calls to go, you're a real estate guy. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I can help put you with that too. So like you said, you know, at that moment in time, it doesn't fit, but you don't want to burn that bridge. Like these people were asking you to do. You, you want to be there. So they'll call you because you have a service that they appreciate. Well, the, um, yeah, so, 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 yeah, and this COVID-19, uh, leveraging your network is everything. Yes. You know, one of the things I do also talk about is that um, 
a lot of times people build these pretty large networks. I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you know, whether it be LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever it is. Right. right? What ends up happening is that let's say you have a LinkedIn profile uh, of, of and, and you have a couple thousand people in the network. The real question is uh, now you're unemployed. It's been a couple of months. How, how many of those people you're really leveraging? Mm-hmm. And what you find on average is people leverage 5% or less. Sometimes it's 2%. And what happens is that, you know, I kind of scratch my head. I think you got to be leveraging a lot more than that because you know right. a lot more than that. Right. Why did you build a network of 2,000 people if you're only going to leverage a few a few of them? And and again, I understand some of the initial – it's really important to go to your buds. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. Go to your buds. Go to your best people that love you the most. Yeah. But what happens when that well runs dry and it runs dry during a COVID-19 period, then what do you do? Right. So my one one argument is uh, make sure you're leveraging more than just that two percent because they're there, you know, that they're there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with LinkedIn. I changed my profile a little bit on LinkedIn and I gotta redo it. I changed it from real estate school to podcasting. I have been spammed so much in the last five months. It's like we can get you ten thousand. I mean, it it is bad. So I think I'm going to put it back to real estate so I don't get spammed so much. I mean, uh, I know. they're trying to sell me stuff. And I go, I don't even know who you are. And you're trying to sell me something. Yeah, I, I, I get a uh, request a day from someone who's going to make me a better coach. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, every day. And, yeah. And, now, you know, and every once in a while, you know, I, I, I will talk to somebody because, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to, you know, I want to stay sharp. Sure. Um, but, you know, um, one of the things that uh, I also talk about is, you know, during this time, you know, this, this COVID period of time, if you're out of work and it's been, it's, it's been a while, mm-hmm. one of the things I beg people to do is don't, and, and it's hard because it, it requires such a great deal of resilience at times, but use the time to sharpen your saw. Use the time to get stronger, not weaker. Mm-hmm. Use the time to talk to people and build the network more strategically. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a certification. Get be a person of influence. Write a white paper. Don't use this time to go backwards. Don't use this time to run in place. Use this time to get better. And what will happen is that over time, what will happen is that you will get rehired within your industry, within your specialty because of that effort that you put in. Right. And the reason I know that is because um, one organization, I think it was last year, had asked me to do a study between what happened in the recovery of 2008 mm. and parallel it with what's happening in 2020, or maybe it was the beginning of this year. And one of the things that uh, came out of it was the people that did the best coming out of 2008 were people that really geared their focus when they were out of work of sharpening that saw. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they got healthier. They got wiser. They got smarter. They were more aggressive in being a thought leader in their business, even though they were unemployed. Right. Uh, and then what happened was it, it, it became so apparent what they were doing that when they were finally brought into a company or job to start work again, um, they did extremely well. They matched or increased their salary when, you know, time that they were laid off to that next job. But so it's, and it's hard. What I just said is hard because we, you know, we beat ourselves up a lot when when we're unemployed for, for a period of time. We, Hey, why is it me? Uh, What's going on? But I'm a big man of faith as, as you know, Vinny, and and I believe that, you know, everything's for a reason. Uh, But that's the one thing, again, don't use this time to slow down, work harder. And if that, and if that means you have to make a career pivot, have to make a right. change, then do do the assessment work. Do do heavy duty work. Just don't grab something. But you know, take if you have a little bit of time, do it well. And so, whatever you do next, you really bring out the very best of who you are. In fact, I do have I do have one person uh, that I know who uh, went through this exercise mm-hmm. with us. Uh, piano teacher for twenty five years. Mm. Now she's a legal uh, assistant uh, at a law firm. Well, and the assessment basically said for this, for this person, law would be just perfect. So, and it was like, wow. And guess what? Uh, This person is just thriving, thriving. 
doing the law work now. Now, did she love piano teaching? Absolutely. So I don't want to get that wrong. Right, 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 this right. This is the point where that part of her life stopped. Right. What do I do now? And there it was. And 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 she would tell you that was a part of what she liked, what she loved 25 years ago, but she wasn't sure how to even get into it. Uh, but now that's what she's doing, and she's thriving at it. And uh, she's in her early 60s and probably will be doing it for another 15 years. So these these stories of people making these career pivots are right. just uh, amazing. In fact, I wanted to share with you um, on Thursday, mm -hmm. uh, September 24th, between 9 and 11, I'm going to be doing a joint webinar uh, with a woman called Fazun Kamal. And she's an acclaimed franchise consultant in the U.S., uh, mm -hmm. uh, a newly published author. And we're going to talk about um, encore careers, people that kind of go through the first half of their life. Maybe they find themselves unemployed because of COVID-19. Right. Maybe they're at a point where what I do next might be even better than what I did in mm -hmm. the first 20 years. And is there a next? Does it make sense? Should I explore it? So I'm going to really talk about the factors that go in to making that career pivot decision in terms of will it bring out the very best of who you are? Mm -hmm. How do you think that through? When, when does it intuitively start to make sense? And if it all makes sense, then Fazun's going to talk about, you know, well, here are some franchises that have, you know, have really helped a lot of people right. because it then did bring them to a whole different place. And, um, and I'm really uh, blessed to say that over the years, I've helped a lot of people shift from what they were doing to a franchise kind of own your own business mm -hmm. uh, right. approach and right. stepped away from corporate America. Mm -hmm. and for some people, these were COOs for multi-billion dollar companies, right? So this isn't, these are big decisions where people walk away from a lot of money to mm -hmm. actually do what they really want to do. Right. So these, um, uh, so on, it's a free, it's a free webinar. Uh, we're going to kind of split it up. Um, and if anybody wants to uh, get information on it, just, uh, you know, I encourage people to link up with me on LinkedIn. I have 24,000 LinkedIn connections. Um, uh, so I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and, LinkedIn will stop me once I get to thirty thousand, uh, and then and then you know I'll have, I might have to clean out a few things. Uh, but point being is if if someone's connected with me on LinkedIn or they find me on LinkedIn, it's really simple. Anywhere in the U.S. in the world on LinkedIn uh, on Google, you put in Ed Samuel S A M U E L Career Coach, and it comes up. I'll come up on Google on the first page, Sam Nova. Click on my LinkedIn at that point, and then um, you'll see my postings. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that webinar along with all the other postings, including me being on your program. Yes. I actually posted that. Yeah. And I, po I reposted it on mine. So yeah. Uh, That's good. I, I, like I said, I've got to go back into, uh, there are so many things that have happened in the last couple of weeks that have made me rethink a lot of the things that I've been doing. And I think I've got a little more focus. Ha ha ha. For those of you who I'm having issues with my eyes, my focus is a lot better than it was, was before, before my last birthday, but I, I know what I want to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel that, that urgency to get it done. And, um, yeah, um, there is hope for us older guys and gals. You better believe it. And, um, um, it's, 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 you know, you're, you know, again, um, can't think of, um, you know, anybody, uh, that has done so much for so many people and, uh, the real estate university that you lead and, and bringing that, that, all, all these thousands of people over the years yeah. uh, into real estate uh, as a profession. It just has to be incredibly rewarding. It, it, it got me crazy because about, well, I've been home quite a bit lately and out in the garage, there were two boxes, literally this big, full of critiques. Every class I would have people write critiques and I found those boxes and I looked at it and going, that is literally thousands of people and comments. And I'm going, it it, it, it it didn't dawn on me that literally I've had thousands of people stand in front of me in class and I've watched many of them get into the profession, but the rest of them, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. Like, you know, you know, you've Absolutely. had, you know, you think it's glamorous and it's exciting. It's work. It's, it's not a, you know, you go show a house, write a contract and get paid. Uh, there's a few more things that have to occur in order for that paycheck to occur. So I, I think my focus now is, is helping people get a real good start on career. And I've had older students call me. I had a young lady, young lady, older lady. She goes, I'm in my 60s, and I want to get into real estate. Is it too late? And I go, no. I said, it's never too late. You know, that reminds me of a, um, uh, an assessment um, 
that was done on a, on a client. And what happened was uh, this person was in a corporate sales role mm-hmm. most of their career, retired at the age of 60, uh, retired at 60. I got a phone <laughs> from the president of a company saying, Ed, can you talk to Joe? I was like, okay, yeah, I'll talk to Joe. What's going on? He goes, well, he's been at home with his wife for the last three years. They're on the verge of divorce. Ah, oh, no. Because, because they had spent, because he was in sales, he was on the road all the all time. time. Yes. So they saw each other, but nonstop for three years, they were on the verge of divorce. Can, this man's got to get out of the house. What can he do next in his life? And uh, I was like, okay, perfect person to talk to. So we went through an assessment with him. What came out the other side was, guess who's in real estate, right? And that was five years ago. Well, he, you went know. Into, he went into real estate and he brought out the very best of who he was. Right. He's not home all the time. Right. They didn't get divorced. Right. And a lot of people learn new homes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 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 yeah. So that was my uh, that's my one of many real estate stories. But that's uh, that's a true one. Yeah. Uh, I see younger kids, you know, get into the profession. And what drives me the nuttiest is watching the TV reality shows of these real estate agents. I just think, well, I won't even say what I'm thinking. It's it, it's terrible. And they don't treat it as a profession. They treat it as a toy, as a, a gimmick. And I, I just don't, I don't do that to people in their lives. This is the biggest investment they make in their lives. And you got to be right on the mark. You don't, you don't pull any shenanigans, but they think they can shortcut it. I saw that in, in the boom. I was living in Sarasota. And I literally had a sales agent in a new home center say to me, I said, the price was this last week. She goes, well, we can charge whatever we want every week because that's how we feel. No justification. They would just, they would jack in prices $10,000 a week because they were, you know, because people were willing to pay it. And I'm going, wow. "Wow." So anyway, I've seen a lot of things in real estate in the last 40, 50 years, forever. So- is there anything else that you want to talk about? I mean, anything in particular? I mean, that, that was a real good, I, I like what you're doing with the the programs. I'll, I will put links in the show notes. I've got your website information there that'll be on there. Uh, you know, I would like to maybe, you know, come up with something where we could do a, some career counseling or something like that for people who are thinking about getting into real estate. Some of the do's and the don'ts. Yeah, you ab- know, absolutely. Um, maybe, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. Um, maybe you could, uh, Sit in on that webinar yeah. uh, on the 24th uh, if, if you have the ability. And I think you'll have a kind of a dose of a part of how we go about assessments. Right. And at least my piece. And then, of course, uh, Faye, Faye. the reason I love Faye Zoon so much is because uh, she's from the Indian Indian background, but she's kind of broke away from what uh, – uh, someone is traditionally supposed to be doing and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of kind of made her, is making her own mark right uh, uh, as an entrepreneurial and a, as a woman yes. uh, with an Indian background yep. and, uh, uh, she's fearless and uh, uh, she's just a breath of energy and I just love uh, love working with her so uh, but I think to, to answer your question uh, I think I'm going to hit on some of those areas and and then if that has some legs uh, love to be able to work with you maybe uh, you know, going into um, next year about maybe a, running a program that uh, people can, could could use to assess themselves. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, some people think they want to do this, but they really don't know if it's for them uh, for them or not. And before they spend all this time and money and energy and find out, oh, this is not really what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, the, our assessments are designed to do just that. So yeah, love to uh, love to do that. And um, Vinny, it's always it's always great to uh, be here. And uh, I can't thank you enough for having me today. No, I, I appreciate it too. I, I've, I've caught some of your stuff and I've got your book. You got that many on LinkedIn, huh? I got to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, and again, if anybody wants to reach out to me, you know, it's Ed Samuel career coach on you Google me LinkedIn. I'll be on the first page, connect with me. And, uh, again, our website is Sam www.samnovainc.com. And, uh, our main line is 610 Two one four, and again we're in Pennsylvania, uh, outside of Philadelphia, uh, close to the, you know near, near Lancaster where the Amish buggies are. Yeah, going. I got a good friend of mine lives in Lancaster. Yeah, see, yeah, see, yeah. So so we're out that direction, but uh, well over a third of our clients are around the country, and uh, and with COVID nineteen, we're you know we're zooming everybody right at the moment. It seems more. Yeah, face to face is coming back very slowly. Yes, uh, 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 but. Um, it's all, it's all a good thing, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to uh, 
to stay in touch. Yeah. I got I, one story of Philadelphia. The only time I was there years ago, I was there for a real estate convention. I was brought in as a guest speaker and Ralph Nader was going to be on the, on the program too. So the night before the host that put on the event decided to take us around Philadelphia in a two, two story bus. And we rode around this downtown and the Liberty Bell and all that stuff and had food. And we were going to have a picnic right there in the park in front of the Liberty Bell. Didn't know that's government property and you can't do that. <laughs> we had all the food on the ground, getting ready to eat. I helped put it all down and we got to move it. So we're, I'm loading everything back up on the bus, helping to put away. And Ralph Nader was on the bus and I was handing out drinks and food. Long story short, the next day, I'm up on the stage, two seats from Ralph Nader. He looked at me, he goes, I thought you are a waiter. I said, no, I'm on the program with you, Ralph. And that started our relationship. And actually digging through this stuff the other day, I found that program that I was on the program with him in Philadelphia back then. And we became friends and we did some other stuff in real estate over the years. And it was just, it was one of those moments that you don't think he goes, I thought you were the, the bartender. That's great. You know, That's so it, yeah. you, you just don't know who you're going to meet in your life as, as, and, and the opportunities have over the years, but I'm, I'm glad I got to meet you. You were here in the, in the, in the hub you know, doing some work, and uh, you said you'd be back, and I'm glad you came back to come visit. Hey, great to be here, Vinny. So thanks again, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing some more work with you in the future. Okay. Anyway, this is Cousin Vinny, and uh, stay tuned. We'll have some more coming shortly and soon. Hi, this is Cousin Vinny. Our sponsor, FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com, meets state-mandated Florida real estate education, offering pre-licensed, post-licensing, and continuing education courses, so you can learn from the comfort of your home or on the road. Visit FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com today, and please take some time to visit our other sponsors at the CousinVinnyNetwork.com website. Without them, this network would not be possible. That's the CousinVinnyNetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Cousin Vinny Network. Come back to hear more of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And be sure to share our podcast. Hey, drop me a line on our Facebook page at the Cousin Vinny Network. Or if you'd like to be a guest, give me a call at 888-738-7381. That's 888-738-7381. And again, please share our podcast. And if you can, take some time to visit our sponsors at CousinVinnyNetwork.com. Without them, this network would not be possible at all.